0: Hello. Hello, Chris. Everything you thought was true in life is not true. Your family comes from a long line of assassins, and now is your time to be recruited to fight the Templars. You are an assassin. By the way, have you seen the movie Creed? I haven't. Why? What are we, some Assassin's Creed? This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the app we use to start our podcast. It lets record audio from people in different areas pretty easily and submitted us for distribution on all the major podcast platforms. They'd like you to know that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing by reading this app. So give them a try. They're a great service. Go to anchor.fm start to start welcome to a serious series of utmost importance the series i'm neil one of your hosts and i'm chris the other host tom can't be with us tonight um so chris what are we some kind of assassin's creed <laughs> might be and that is what we're talking about today that's our series what games have you played in this massive massive series Oh, my God.
1: Um, so I played the very first Assassin's Creed that took place during the Crusades. I played Black Flag, and that was probably a special time because well, I was fourth year of college, you got me back into the series, reinvigorated my love for the series,
0: and Odyssey. I think I've played every main series, uh, main console game, um, but I haven't played any of the spinoffs, but we can talk, talk about those a little bit. All right. So Sounds let's good. just start with the first one. Came out in 2007. Wow. Yeah. High school. So you're playing as Desmond, a modern day uh, jabroni who was kidnapped by the Templars at Abstergo and forced to go into this sci-fi machine called an Animus, to live the, the, the memories of his ancestor, Altair. And the point was the Templars were trying to find a, um, a mythical artifact from a civilization that created humanity called the First Civilization, also known as the Isu, or the Isu. And this artifact was called the Apple of Eden and it had the power to control people's minds. I did
1: not remember any of that. It has been a long time. I think
0: I also just sped through the game. Um, Well, to be fair, you don't need to know the plot of the game, really, because the main appeal of the game is parkour. Yes, parkour. 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 Um, it was a really popular game when it came out, obviously, or it wouldn't yeah. have spanned, what, 12 years later. It wouldn't still be making main true. series games. I mean,
1: what was your first memory of the game when you start, Like, when you booted it up, put it into the PS3, what was the first thing you're like, wow? Like, what,
0: what caught you? Well, when I booted it up, I didn't put it into a PS3. Because <laughs> I had an Xbox 360. Because Xbox Last Generation was way better than PlayStation. I've never heard of the Xbox. What is it? It's, what is that? You know the, um, the Xbox One? It's like that, but it doesn't suck. <laughs> Does it still spy on you? Uh, probably. But just less than we knew about. <laughs> but my first memory of Assassin's Creed was actually... Um, I remember, because right before the game starts, to avoid offending anybody... They say this game was created by a multicultural team of various faiths. And um, I think later on in the series, they added and various sexual identities and things like that. But before, it was just various religious faiths. So they didn't want to um, offend anyone because the game takes place in uh, the Middle East. And yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of murder. Yep. It was a very, was a very violent game. But it was less violent um, than you would expect for a game called Assassin's Creed. That is true. I mean... They punished you. It wasn't like Grand Theft Auto. They punished you for killing civilians and stuff. They took away your health.
1: That's that's fair. And I think the gore was... There was no gore, if I recall. Was it rated? Was it rated M? I assume it was rated or? M. Yeah, it was rated M. Okay. Oh, well, that makes... Okay. Then, yeah, honestly, um, I'd agree. There was not that much gore. You know, everything was on It was a very clean game, if I had to say anything, yeah. the way the killing was done. Um, you know, for me, I think the first time I started it up, it was, I think, one of the first games that was like a big, or I guess a relatively big title on the PS3, and it was just the expansiveness of the world and basically how much detail um, there was in the game you know i think that it was one of the first games where there was just like these humongous cities throughout the world that you can travel to and then like you would you could fast travel but then you could also just you know hop on a horse and really ride your way
0: there and everything was just it's just beautiful actually yeah absolutely i think it was definitely a pioneer for open world games and I actually do remember choosing a lot of the times to, to ride my horse to one of the cities instead of fast traveling, because I liked how, much, how it looked. Absolutely. That being said, I also remember the combat being very clunky. <laughs> yeah. And I remember that. But, oh, man, those leaps of faith. Do you remember the first time you did a leap of faith?
1: Yeah, I felt like a total badass. Yeah. You, know?
0: you didn't just feel like a total badass. You were a total badass, Chris. Oh, <laughs> just imagine when they create a VR, a virtual reality game. That I'll definitely fill. I mean VR is a whole nother topic, but God, what a disappointment VR has been. It didn't take off the way I was expecting, but
1: it seems like there's still like a foothold. Like there's new games that are coming out. I think they just released a Borderlands game, just starting it off topic. Well, but... no,
0: it was it was Borderlands two. Oh. They re released it in VR. Yeah. I don't think there's, a, there's yeah. not a killer app like Halo, which got people to adopt yeah. the Xbox. There's nothing like that for VR. And because it's so expensive, yeah. there's such a high barrier to entry. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's going to be adopted this... I mean, it's definitely not going to be adopted this generation. Next Gen starts in a couple of years. We'll see if it how it goes then.
1: I could see that. Um, yeah, I, walked, I was in a Walmart yesterday. I let it walk by and saw. It was, I think, like $300. <laughs> so... You know, something that has maybe, like, a limited amount of games. I don't think I would want to spend money on that yet. Yeah, definitely.
0: And Oculus was bought out by Facebook, which has killed a lot of people's interest in Oculus. <laughs> Way to go, Facebook. How much of the modern-day story in Assassin's Creed do you remember enjoying? Mm. Did you enjoy the modern day? Because for me, the modern day was the biggest appeal.
1: You know, that's... I think for me it was just literally the combat. I know it was very clunky. I think it was more of the history of it. Like the historical aspect that really caught my eye. Um, because I've realized throughout the years that when it comes to actual stories in games, it's something that I realized I've missed a big part of after getting through. So I can't really attest to that. Um... That's always something I have to catch up on Wikipedia afterwards. Well,
0: I can, I can help you catch up on the story right now. You don't need to go to Wikipedia. You just need to listen to <laughs> a serious series of utmost importance, the series. <laughs> but the, the original storyline was supposed to just be three games. It was supposed to be Assassin's Creed, um, Assassin's Creed 2, and then it was supposed to end with an Assassin's Creed 3 that was Desmond, the modern day protagonist, having gained all the full abilities and skills of the assassins. It was supposed to be a modern day story where you take down Abstergo. And what happened was they fired Patrick Tesaletz, or I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly, but he was the guy who made the franchise and um, his plan was three games. They were like, these games are selling amazingly. Let's make them forever. And he said, no, I don't wanna do that. I had a plan. (laughs) And they said, we oh. also have a plan. It involves firing you. And then they fired him. And money. Yeah. Ah. But that's why that's... Assassin's Creed 2 was still so good.
1: I see. So he stuck around for 2. Did he stick around for 3 or was he fired by I then? think he
0: was fired by 3. Um, I see. But before we get to Assassin's Creed 2, we have some spin off games. Did you ever play Assassin's Creed Altair's Chronicles released in 2008 for the DS, Android and iOS <laughs> and also WebOS, Symbian, Jave ME and Windows Phone? I don't know what some of those are.
1: Oh, you know, I had a Windows Phone. <laughs> um no, I I don't actually I actually didn't even know there was, like, a mobile spinoff to the game. Yeah, I actually think I remember I playing this that... in my
0: orthodontist office or something. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> but it was a side-scrolling game. It was mainly for the DS. And Interesting. it was a footnote in the franchise. I don't think it really mattered. Side-scrolling
1: as in, like, it was like a type of Mario Brothers video game? It, it, or? it was in that tradition, yeah. Oh, I guess it would make sense. You're just doing parkour everywhere. Yeah, you can parkour. You could
0: just go from left to right and stab people. Ah, all right. But then, in 2009, Assassin's Creed 2 comes out. And what were your thoughts? when? Did you play Assassin's Creed 2 or no?
1: So I did not. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's what I mean. I didn't play two or three. I got back into it on in Black Flag, um, although I had heard great things about it, and I actually do really wish I did play because I think it was doing the
0: Italian re- Renaissance, mm-hmm. right? This is the and then you. These are the games starting with two that cemented this is one of my favorite things ever. Really? So you're in Assassin's Creed Two, the modern day is a direct sequel. You're still Desmond. You're still just this random bartender dude um, and your love interest is still um, Kristen Bell His, her character is Lucy
1: Nice.
0: and you've escaped from the Templars who had kidnapped you and at the end of the first Assassin's Creed you gain some eagle vision that like bleeds through from your uh, time in the Middle East oh. and you see these warnings about this cataclysmic apocalyptic event that's going to happen so there's all this, this modern-day story momentum, and you're really excited. And then, so the, the modern-day stuff continues, and then you go back to one of your other ancestors, Ezio De Auditore, in the Italian Renaissance in Florence. And it was fantastic. You start the game as the baby. You start as Ezio, as a baby. Oh wow. And his dad is like the f- the first control is like click A to move your leg or something and you're just like wailing. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so immersive. Definitely one of my top 5 gaming experiences ever was playing Assassin's Creed 2.
1: You know what was it the story that direct, like you know got caught your attention or was it the game like did they change the combat?
0: The combat was or better, what was everything it? was better. Mm-hmm. It was it's one of the best sequel It's one of the best sequels of all time in that it improved everything that you didn't even know needed to be improved about the first game. The combat is better. uh, The world is bigger. The storytelling is better. It's solid. And the setting is better. You get to hang out with Leonardo Mm. da Vinci and stuff, you know? That's true. There's, yeah, I feel like that's a much more interesting time
1: period than the the Crusades. No offense to anyone who is a particular fan of the Crusades. (laughs)
0: This was actually re released a couple years ago, Assassin's Creed 2 and its two direct sequels with Ezio. They were re released as the Ezio collection.
1: Oh.
0: Mm -hmm. So you can still play it on PS4.
1: I think that's going to happen, actually. Probably for
0: like $10. Best time. It is a Ubisoft game. Um, And what happened after Assassin's Creed 2? What did happen after Assassin's Creed 2? They so I
1: guess before yeah. oh, before we go on, what story wise, um, what exactly happened in the second one that kind of continued the Desmond storyline besides,
0: um, yeah. So this is where besides. the modern day started sort of falling off. You discover some weird stuff where there was another subject inside the Animus who got trapped there, Subject Six, and I think he's leaving you warnings or something along those lines. And then I'm not exactly sure which game this came up in, but one of the first Civilization um, people, there's Minerva and there's Juno. They're all named after Greek gods. And you don't know who's good and who's bad. But Mm -hmm. basically it stopped being a coherent story now. Interesting. But because they they stretched it out. Because instead of doing Assassin's Creed 3 after this, they did Assassin's Creed Brotherhood.
1: Was that another spinoff, or was it... That was a
0: main game, but it just wasn't titled Assassin's Creed 3. It was essentially Assassin's Creed 3, but they just didn't call it Assassin's Creed 3. Assassin's Creed 3 uh, is actually Assassin's Creed 5. Wow,
1: that's really confusing. Yeah. I guess that's like Xbox One, and really it's like the third Xbox. So.
0: But before Brotherhood, they did a PSP spinoff called Bloodlines, and I think they also did a DS and iOS spinoff called Discovery. And none of those are important. I was
1: wondering. What, I was going to ask, what time periods do those take uh, place in?
0: You're still playing as Ezio, so I think. Oh, sorry. Actually, Bloodlines, you're playing as Altaïr, and Discovery, you're playing as Ezio.
1: Okay. Cool. Cool.
0: So then, Brotherhood came out in 2010. Uh, you're continuing Ezio's story. The locations are slightly different. I think you go to Rome in this one. The main mechanic they added was that you could recruit people to your cause and you would have a whole team of assassins you could call and like click Y and you would just send a bunch of people to go murder some random dude. Oh wow, that's that's pretty cool. Not for the guy, but yeah. yeah. And then after that they did Revelations in 2011. It's the last... Ah, uh, so I think this is where it started falling off, if I recall. Yeah, the, it's the last Ezio chapter. You're no longer in Florence and Rome. Now you're in the Ottoman Empire. And you're playing as an old, older Ezio. Um, you have a hook blade. There's a weird tower defense minigame, which absolutely no one liked. And then it wraps up the story pretty well. The ending of this is weird. You also play as Altair during parts of this game. And you also play as Desmond. And there's the very end, Ezio, like, unlocks some vault. And one of the first Civ holograms is talking to him. But she's like, no, this isn't for you, Ezio. This is for Desmond, who will be listening to this in, like, thousands of years. And he's like, a what? I don't get it. <laughs> I say, Yeah. Um, but it was a cool, it was a poignant ending to his story. But they actually have... A, a short film called embers where he actually dies
1: i see so in the end like how how, how does it end? i
0: exactly was it like what, what happens to desmond so desmond um i think desmond gets uh connected with his dad who was an assassin and they're like this time we need to go to america <laughs> and then there's assassin's creed 3 Oh, okay. Coming which came out in twenty twelve. Um and you're in the American Civil War. Did you play this one? I I didn't.
1: I watched you play this one actually. <laughs> I was the thing about it was is I was actually really hyped up about it, because I was like, alright. You said Civil War or is it the American Revolution?
0: Sorry, did I say Civil War? Yeah, it's the American Revolutionary War.
1: Yeah, I think the you know, I was like, Cool, American Revolution. You know, somehow you're going to probably see George Washington. Mm -hmm. That's going to be awesome. But I remember reading reviews about it, and this one also was something, I think. I think it it didn't do so hot, so that's why I was a little little cold towards not playing it. But I think I did pick up your controller once in a while, (laughs) and I did climb a bunch of trees. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, so it was the first game not set in a major city, so there's less climbing and stuff. There's less Mm -hmm. parkour, which is the coolest part. You are you also start the game playing as your protagonist's dad, who actually ends up being a Templar. Oh. Yeah, and he has a relationship with a Native American woman, and they have a son, and that's the main protagonist of the game, but you don't start as him. And the problem is the son, his full name is something that's really hard to say. It's like Ratanaka Tun or something. So people just call him Connor mm. during the game. And have you... You can call me Connor. Have you met a lot of people <laughs> named Connor?
1: I've met two people named Connor. One I didn't...
0: Yeah, so exactly. Just like them, the main problem is that Connor is an unlikable protagonist.
1: Ah. He also didn't leave the dodgeball game when I hit him with the dodgeball. Sorry, that's
0: a that, sour moment. That's actually, it's crazy. That actually happened in memory sequence three of this. George Washington is playing dodgeball. He hits Connor, <laughs> and Connor's like, no, I will not leave.
1: Am I George Washington in this in this scenario?
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, they had some cool stuff, but overall, they really shot the bed with the modern day here. They killed Desmond. Mm. Before this, in, in one of the um, games between two and three, you Desmond gets controlled by one of the first Civ people who, and kills Lucy, who was actually a double agent for the Templars. It's It gets really complicated. Wow. I still don't fully understand it. Uh, but anyways, Desmond dies. You stop the apocalyptic event. It's like a solar flare. But you sacrifice yourself to do that.
1: I see. Okay.
0: But in sacrificing yourself, you let Juno, who is the main villain for a while of the franchise you let her escape and that sets the stage for black flag all right
1: and i can talk about black flag because i actually played that one (laughs)
0: what did you what were your thoughts on black flag
1: um i mean the idea of being a pirate you know, was probably the biggest thing that, like, caught me to it. Um, I remember, just because the last one I had played was the very first Assassin's Creed, that the combat system was just, obviously, way better. Um, There's a lot more variety. I remember, I think, you could use, like, different types of weapons and guns. And then the naval battles, which I thought was actually a really awesome addition uh, to the game. You were able to really just be a pirate and destroy ships. Yeah, definitely. Felt like a real... Jack Sparrow. Yeah. They actually, from Roman what I remember thieves. now that I'm
0: thinking about it, in Assassin's Creed 3, they prototyped a little bit of sailing stuff. And then they took that and ran with it for Black Flag. Oh, wow. Okay. And you have, so you're the grandson. No, sorry, the grandfather of the other protagonist. So you're, you're Edward Kenway <laughs> and your grandson is Connor. Mm-hmm. who is the protagonist of Assassin's Creed 3. Wait, your grandson is Connor? Mm-hmm. Your son is Haytham, uh-huh. who is Connor's father, who is a Templar.
1: Oh, I see. Must miss that.
0: <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> the the storyline really for these games just really doesn't matter. It's the setting. I think it's just the enjoyment of... Yeah, absolutely. It's the setting. I'm trying to remember.
1: I remember there was like a post-game aspect, I think, to it where you got to fight these like giant ships. They were like, I, do you remember that like part of the, the game mode? Ships, it was yeah.
0: like, I never did it. Absolutely, but I remember it.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember, I, I couldn't remember if Davy Jones. Was that? or Maybe I'm just mixing things up now <laughs> with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it wasn't Kira oh, Knightley sorry. in
0: this in this game and Orlando, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom with long blonde hair came out also. In this game. It wasn't Michael Bolton was the... somewhere around here.
1: <laughs> I mean, there was a Lonely Island crew. Yeah.
0: Um, the ship aspect and the likable protagonist made this probably the second best Assassin's Creed game. But the modern day, is, this is where it just became the worst possible version. They didn't. Ubisoft didn't fully commit to either not having a modern day, which confused a lot of potential players... Um, I mean, sorry, having a modern day confused a lot of potential players. So they sort of, instead of getting rid of it completely, because they knew that would piss off the older fan base, they just sort of did this halfway thing where there is no more modern day protagonist because they killed Desmond. And you're just a first person generic employee at (laughs) Abstergo, but Abstergo, a gaming company, not Abstergo. Oh, yeah. It's like a spin-off oh, really. company of the Abstergo from the first games. So the Templars made Ubisoft. <laughs> and they made huh. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And you're playing as an employee of Abstergo. And there's still a modern day story. The villain of this one is a sage, which is a re- human reincarnation of Juno's husband.
1: Oh, this is more complicated than the Kingdom Hearts storyline. It's pretty
0: complicated. (laughs) This is, yeah. um, Maybe that's why everything just kind of flew over my head. They made it so easy to not care about the modern day in this game, though, so it's it's okay. That's why the game was still so popular, because they knew it was really complicated and really crappy at this point. And the assassins are still in the game, and they're trying to recruit people via some dumb initiates program, which was like a transmedia initiative Ubisoft had going at the time, trying to get people involved in Assassin's Creed in other aspects, not just in games, and it didn't really work. But man, those ships were fun, huh? Oh. uh, I mean, I definitely thought the game was like... I mean,
1: obviously there was a big improvement from the last one I had played, but I think it was just the time at which we were all playing it, too. Yeah, definitely. Senior year of college, not really any responsibilities,
0: you know? Yeah. Um... There was another spin-off game actually before Black Flag. We forgot to talk about it. It's Liberation. Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. This was the first female was protagonist. Was that the one
1: in the, the during the French Revolution?
0: I think maybe. I honestly never played it. And I assume you didn't either. Uh, let me see. I
1: I think it's the one during the French Revolution, but I cannot B-100, hundred. I'll let me check. Brother.
0: Compared to the other spinoffs, this is like a full game. So I believe that it could be that. And I think Connor, the protagonist from AC3, does pop up at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, they're hitting all the good time periods. Just, yeah. I wish the story was a little less convoluted. And then
0: another spinoff they did after Assassin's Creed 4, they did an iPhone game called Pirates, Assassin's Creed Pirates and you're, it's just ship to ship combat it's really not important at all for the for the <laughs> franchise so and then Assassin's Creed 4 was the last game they simultaneously released on this generation and the old generation and afterwards they moved to exclusive current gen releases So, Assassin's Creed 5 was called Unity, but that's when they dropped the numbers. So, it's just Assassin's Creed Unity. Mm -hmm. But because they were only releasing that on Xbox One, PS4, and I guess PC probably, um, they released another main game for the 360 and PS3 called Assassin's Creed Rogue. So, that year, 2014, there were two main Assassin's Creed games.
1: So this is the part where they just start ramping up production, right?
0: And the quality of them start just tanking? Or? I think even before this, the quality of them was tanking because they had had a main game every year. And I don't know a ton about AAA game development, but it's not sustainable to do a game of that size every year. Yeah. And inevitably, Absolutely. the quality is going to suffer. You're oversaturating the market. And I think this was the peak of that, where they released two main games yeah. in 2014.
1: I do remember seeing, like, that one Reddit meme where, like, the guy's face is there and all you see is just eyeballs. And I just remember that image just being, like, sent around the internet and people like, Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed has hit
0: a new low. Yeah, that was Unity. And um, it was very, very buggy, definitely. You're playing as Arno, and it was... I'm I'm not even going to pretend like I cared about the story at all. It was a boring game. (laughs) It looked really, really pretty, though. I still think this is probably the most beautiful game they've made. But it was too buggy. The whole point of the game was um, seamless integration with multiplayer. So there would be a four-person team. You would be one of them. And there would be three others who were actual players of Assassin's Creed Unity and they would join in on missions and stuff and it would be seamless integration. Oh, so you can do the storyline but with like three other people. Yeah, certain missions, things like that. Hmm. And I think it actually that stuff actually worked. But it was just the storyline, like the historical storyline even was bad at that point. Do you want to guess what was going on in the modern day storyline at that point? Oh, uh... What was going on? Well, I'm glad you asked what was going on. Let me tell you what was going on. The Templars raided and desecrated Desmond's corpse, stole his DNA. They developed a new animus where it didn't have to actually be you experiencing the memories. It could be as long as you had a DNA sample, um, you could experience the memories. They are trying to sequence and clone a First Civilization genome to give Juno's dead husband a body. Because obviously before this, Juno had gotten into the Abstergo intranet via electricity or something. (laughs) And the assassins stop it, and that's the modern day storyline of Unity. Well, you know, I mean, that is, that is something.
1: A lot of twists and
0: turns. Yeah. Rogue was actually the better game released that year. Um... It's the third in what they called, like, the Americas trilogy. So Assassin's Creed 3, Black Flag, and then Rogue. And you actually play as a Templar instead of an Assassin. Oh, really? Yeah, you start as an Assassin, and gradually you become disillusioned, and you play as a Templar. It's it's, cool. it's another naval game. You're in the Arctic, but it's essentially a reskin. It's basically the same map as the Caribbean map. hmm how was that one received? Actually, pretty well. People wished that it was like the main game for that year instead because Unity was so bad. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. But, sorry, hmm. yeah, you get to play during the French Revolution during Unity. Is that the one you're thinking of with Liberation?
1: I think Liberation, I checked it. Liberation is the French-Indian War. So I think you're still back in, like, America during that time. Um, yeah, I got it mixed up. I guess, yeah, Unity was French Revolution. I gotcha.
0: And then the last game before the series took a break was syndicate and you take you're in victorian era london (laughs) and you can play as there's two protagonists there's a brother and a sister jacob and evie fry and people were like yeah finally we get a female protagonist because i guess everyone forgot liberation because no one really played it (laughs) and for me this was the point that it was just too much assassin's creed and i never finished this game
1: was it just because the storyline was like too much, or was it like there's too glitch- too many glitches? No, it was actually a perfectly
0: or... fine game. The storyline was fine. the the mechanics were fine. It was pretty fun to play. I was just bored because this was what mm-hmm. like the seventh Assassin's Creed game in like two years. It's true, yeah. <laughs> so they.
1: Sorry? I. <laughs> you what? Oh, I was just saying so. Yeah, I I hadn't jumped back on the uh, the Assassin's Creed. I didn't realize there were that many games. There so many fun uh, games between that and you know Black Flag and Origins, actually. So wow. Um, I mean, it makes sense why they kind of slowed it down. Yeah, definitely. You know, they are sacrificing their quality for for yearly annual releases, mm-hmm. or actually more
0: than that. Yeah. Well, they did do some releases still, actually, but not main games. They had the Chronicles series of games. (laughs) (laughs) So they're 2.5D. They're They're not 2D. They're not 3D. They're sort of side-scrollers. They're not fully side-scrollers. And they have one set in China. They have one set in India. And they have one set in Russia. And originally... That's kind of a shame. Yeah, it's a shame, right? Why?
1: I mean, you know, those are just brand new worlds out there. Not worlds, but, you know, there's different settings that are. I feel like vastly different than the ones that they were kind of putting on. I mean, they spent multiple games in, you know, Italy. They spent multiple games in America. And, like, you know, I mean, I feel like also just the culture in itself would just be vastly different. There's different characters... And historical figures that you could eventually, is, easily just integrate into the series. Like, can you imagine hanging out Confucius and just be like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I think a lot of people echoed that sentiment at the time. This These were in 2015 and 2016. Originally, after Syndicate, there was going to be probably a Russian-set game, and that would have finished their modern-ish um, trilogy, Unity, Syndicate, and something set in Russia. But instead, because I think the sales were so bad for for Syndicate, um, they they hedged their bets. People had been wanting a China or Japan-set game since the beginning of the franchise. And this was them saying, all right, here's sort of one. And, Uh you know, I actually never even played the India game. It takes place during the war between the Sikh Empire and the East India Company midway through the 19th century. Sounds kind of cool. They might have to play that.
1: I mean, I remember in Black Flag, I think it was Black Flag, where you're in the modern-day history and you're looking through some computer files. And I think you end up doing pick, picking up, like, researched areas, and I believe, like, Japan, is there China or Japan was one of them? I think Egypt actually turned out to be one of them, which, you know, as we know now, um, ended up turning into its own game. So hopefully we do get its own, you know, solid, you know, in Japan, you know, samurais—that would
0: be amazing. You might, you might not. Um, I honestly have no idea where they're planning to take it after Odyssey. But I still think a Japan game would be fantastic, and that if I could have a, like my number one wish would be a Japan set game. But after Assassin's Creed Chronicles, there was no game for two years. But. There was still a major release in the Assassin's Creed series, (laughs) the Assassin's Creed movie. With the amazing Michael Fassbender. Now, I know you've seen this movie, Chris. What are your thoughts on it? You know, when I turned it on, I was really excited
1: and then I turn it off instantly that's that's literally my take on the movie now also I saw the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes it definitely was something it did terribly actually and I remember hoping because this was I think one of two big picture um, um, video game series that they were trying to like make movies off of I'm like if you have Michael Fassbender as the lead like this has got to be good And I was pretty disheartened to find out that the rest of the world did not feel the same. Um, Because I think this came out around the time they did the Warcraft movie. Oh god,
0: you're right, it did.
1: Yeah. So I was kind of like really excited about either one of them doing well, because then it would be like, oh, video games now have a place in Hollywood. But the only thing is Wreck-It Ralph, unfortunately.
0: You know what movie I think will change that will be the Detective Pikachu movie? (laughs)
1: With Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. <laughs> should have been how do Danny you f- DeVito. Just, how do you feel about that? It's just a little off topic. How do you feel Ryan Reynolds... Like, it's, it's Deadpool, but
0: in as a Pikachu.
1: Pikachu is Deadpool.
0: I think, conceptually, it should have been Danny DeVito. And also, I don't love Deadpool as much as everybody else. Oh, interesting. I don't dislike Deadpool, but I just don't think it's yeah. as great as everyone has said it is. And I think... I wish that I had just seen it without any expectations because I was expecting it to be so amazing based on all the Mm -hmm. reviews. I see. And I can never Hmm. live up to that. That's true. So I'm ready to give Ryan Reynolds a fresh start as Pikachu. Oh,
1: you know.
0: (laughs) I, too, did not see the Assassin's Creed movie because of the reviews, but I watched maybe a half hour of it a couple of years afterwards and there's a scene, the the scene where you're introduced to the modern day protagonist, it's set 30 years ago and it's him as a child and he's on a rooftop and there's rock music playing and he has a bike and he, he rides off this rooftop on his bike and he's trying to land on this like shipping container because he's cool and hardcore and yeah. And parkour. Yeah. <laughs> And he falls and lands on mattresses. But that was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. And it made me feel like I made the right call in not watching the movie.
1: I see. So the coming of age scene essentially
0: literally fell flat onto some pillows. Hey. Hey. No, I don't think that was a too important scene in the movie because right afterwards his mom is murdered and his dad is like, you're an assassin, by the way. <laughs> but the summary of the movie is that Michael Fassbender is gonna be his modern-day person named Callum is about to be um, uh, what's the word he's on death row he's about to be executed they give him lethal injection he passes out and Marion Cotillard her character Dr. Sophia Ricken, is the next thing he sees they didn't actually kill him Abstergo has been kidnapping people of assassins lineage so that they can uh, make them, force them to look through their ancestors' memories to try to find pieces of Eden.
1: I see. Um, you know, in that time span that you did watch, did they explain why he was on
0: death row? Not during the time span I watched. <laughs> so he's just randomly... Um, it says murder here.
1: Like he is probably falsely accused of it, or... I don't know, maybe he was just real. Maybe he just murdered somebody. He's actually a psychopath. <laughs> oh, he's an, he's an antisocial personality disorder. Okay. But during, um, during the
0: course of the movie, they kill the main head of Abstergo from the, the first Assassin's Creed game, Alan Ricken, And so now the new head of it is Sophia Ricken so Marion Cotillard. Yeah. I still probably won't watch it. You know,
1: that's, it. What I, that's what I mean, though. You have Michael Fassman, you have... Mar- I always can't say her name, Marion Cotillard,
0: as, the, like, an, another lead in the movie. Like,
1: how does that fail?
0: Too many cooks. I guess
1: the writing, the writing was bad enough.
0: Yeah. You also have Omar from, um, from The Wire. Shoot at the king, you best not miss. Michael K. Williams. Oh, I guess,
1: guess, uh, Fassbender shot at him and missed.
0: <laughs> no, I think he's playing in another, like, kidnapped assassin dude.
1: Oh. <laughs> I mean, honestly, okay, that's pretty badass. Omar from the Wire and Michael Fassbender, freaking Magneto, just coming together. Oh, my God.
0: If only they made a good game. I mean, movie. Oh, But then in 2017, they released Assassin's Creed Origins which is a fantastic game. They completely changed everything about the series. I mean, not everything, but this is the furthest back in time they had gone at that point. Your protagonist is named Bayek. You're a Magi, which if you've seen the Mummy movies, (laughs) is cool. Um, You have Cleopatra. It's a really great setting, ancient Egypt. And they added a new modern-day protagonist. You're now playing as Leila Hassan. Interesting. You're a jaded Abstergo employee who... Has like stolen an animus. Also, this character helped develop the animus used in the movie, like the new cool modern animus. Oh, I see. And also, she has some possibly romantic relationship with Marion Cotillard's character in the series. Oh,
1: okay, interesting.
0: Is that was that not
1: confirmed because you didn't finish the movie, or was that actually indicated in the in the in the Origins game? It's
0: indicated that they have some sort of friendship turned sour, at least. Ah. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't play Origins either. However,
1: I did read that there is one thing it kind of did in the sense that, you know, I think Assassin's Creed has always been known for attempting to be as historically accurate as possible, but I had heard in Origins, you know, they were, you actually got to fight the uh, the gods,
0: of, the Egyptian gods, right? Mm-hmm. That's the great thing, that's one of my favorite things about the series, is because you have the conceit of the Animus, you can do whatever the hell you want. So the way they explain you fighting all these ancient Egyptian gods is you're walking somewhere and then there's a voice on the screen It's like, you've encountered a glitch in the Animus. And then just fucking Anubis pops up out of the ground. And you're like, oh. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Damn. Um, the storyline was actually pretty good. Your son is murdered. Which sucks <laughs> and you Gosh. spend the rest of the game trying to, you know, kill the people who did the it. Revenge. And they this is obviously before the assassins were founded in this uh, in the franchise. So you're sort of a prototype for the assassin.
1: Oh, and these aren't exactly insane.
0: the Templars, they're the ideology that would become the Templars.
1: That's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Interesting.
0: That's why it's... So are you literally...
1: Are you... Okay. Are you literally parkouring around, like, all the pyramids? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you climb up the pyramids.
0: There's tombs Mm -hmm. and stuff. It's cool. That's awesome. Ow. That being said, the switch from Origins to Odyssey felt to me like going from Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2.
1: Wow. So as in they... What aspects, because you had played Origins, did you feel Odyssey improved on?
0: Lately. Um I just like the setting a, a little bit more, the ancient Greece setting in Odyssey. I like the mm-hmm. protagonist a lot more. I played as Cassandra, I know you played as not Cassandra. Alexio. That was a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, um the funny thing is Odyssey actually is chronologically earlier than Origins. I see. And they have you have ships again in Odyssey.
1: I yeah. That was are pretty cool. The Athenians, the Spartans. Mm-hmm. Um, while I have yet to actually complete the game, I... I mean, you're absolutely right in the sense, like, one, it's a humongous map. It's a humongous game. I think that the amount of detail... And honestly, I've barely encountered any glitches, which is, like, a huge thing. Um... The only one thing I would say about the way they designed the game is that I, I I personally feel that every town and city you go to is a bit repetitive in its appearance mm-hmm. you know um, but at the same time I mean it's such a big map I felt like the characters apparently um, Alexandra is a little bit more fleshed out than Alexio and the voice acting I mean, Cassandra? is because sorry Cassandra <laughs> Yeah, the voice acting is probably a lot better on her end than on Alexio's end. Because mm-hmm. that was probably one of the things that kind of took me out of the immersion. It just uh, felt like some dude was just trying and failing and <laughs> mimicking, like uh, I guess, a, a Mediterranean accent. He sounds um, like a great ape.
0: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Cause, no, because I heard his voice acting also. Because the yeah. car- the brother or sister that you don't choose becomes a character oh, called you're Demos right. yep. in your version of the story. So I still hear the voice actor for Alexios, and God, he is awful.
1: Yeah, it's it's bad because literally, literally, that's all that's all you hear. Yeah, every interaction you have. Um, but I don't know, it's pretty cool so far. Yeah, the naval battles are awesome. Uh, actually, I do like the idea of kind of like territories, and I do like the battles that they integrated into the game. Like every so often. You'll take down a, a kingdom and weaken its forces enough to engage in the battle. And that really feels like, feels awesome. Yeah. Just kind of like running across the battlefield and just spamming. That's the other thing. Is the combat in the game is something that I was just blown away by. Because I, mean, I remember playing Black Flag and while the combat had improved, mm-hmm. I felt like it was still very methodical. Uh, it's like click square four times and then after like the fifth time, the guy would die. Whereas here there's a little bit more strategy to it. It is a hack and slash game, but I mean there is a, like the, the, the integration of the skills as well is pretty amazing. Like you can literally Spartan kick someone across oh, yeah. the field, which is awesome. Yeah.
0: Or you can like let your blades on fire. So
1: yeah, you just you you feel like a total badass. Yeah.
0: Well, they they revamped the way the combat works in Origin, so they changed it from like press Y to oh. counter and kill everybody. And But they took that and even took it even further for Odyssey. And the other thing is, how cool is it that you're the grandson or granddaughter of Leonidas? That is, yeah, that is pretty badass.
1: Like in the very beginning when you're kind of running that field, it kind of reminds me of uh, Gerard Butler in 300. I'm oh like, yeah, the Damn. first
0: scene of the game is the Battle of 300. Yeah. the Battle of Thermopylae, whatever it's called.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Persians.
0: Yeah. Are you ever going to finish this game? I'm not asking that in like a jokey way. I think the map no, is no. too big. Yeah. Um.
1: I, I'm just on for some reason this kind of completionist streak in all the games I'm playing right now. So eventually I definitely will get to it and I will try once I have the time to beat it in its entirety because I know that... This also, I think, involves some mythological uh, figures that you can fight.
0: Yeah. But so the way they do it in this game is actually, I think, even cooler than the way they do it in Origins. You fight the Medusa. You fight Cyclops. You fight some others. The boar. I forgot what the. uh... The Minotaur. Yeah. 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 Um, And there's a fourth one. But the way they do it is that uh, the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. the way they do it is that these are Isu protections so like the first civilization they're artifacts that make you see like a Medusa or like a Cyclops Ooh. I love it that's very really interesting also there's Atlantis um,
1: didn't get to that yet oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, there's Atlantis, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> did you not know there was Atlantis?
1: I did not. Oh shit! It's okay. Um, that's pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. Um,
0: all right. Well, I mean, now I gotta get back to the game. Did I say Atlantis? I meant Atlanta. You go to Atlanta, oh. Georgia to the Coke factory in the modern day and you enjoy there. the lovely sights. Yeah, you just you know there's a football
1: stadium there and Super Bowl. It's true. Tom Brady's ha- Tom Brady's just hanging out there and you high five him then you guys go fight. Yeah, you can drown him in Atlantis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um Yeah, but, I mean, overall, overall, the game, though, has been pretty awesome. I'm not going to... Like, it definitely was something I thought, when I first started, it was like, I might not like this, but you have to start integrating the skill tree, and that's, I felt like, when you start realizing, like, this is something
0: that's worth dedicating hours to. It's a very, very fun game to play, but I've beaten the main storyline, and I've probably only done 50% of the things in this game. Wow. And I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go back because there's too much of real life to live and there's too many other games to play.
1: <laughs> Regarding, you know, the other 50%, now, is that, like, actual story-based mission or is that just, like, is it collectibles and, like, trying to climb up to, um, I guess, the Leap of Faith areas and then, like, scan the area? Or So, so
0: it... some of it is that. Some of it's the completionist stuff. But some of it is there's... Instead of the Templars, there's these cultists that you have to kill. And again, in the vein of Origins, they're these prototype Templars, essentially. And killing them all is not required for beating the game. Or beating the main storyline, even. So I haven't killed all of them. I haven't done any of the DLC. There's a Legacy of the First Blade DLC, and then there's an Atlantis DLC. And actually, there was a really big controversy over the Legacy of the First Blade DLC... Did you hear about this at all? Uh, I didn't. What happened? So, essentially, they forced whatever character you had, either Alexius or Cassandra, into um, having a relationship with a character and, like, having a baby because they wanted to explain how, um, how, like, your DNA survives to modern day, essentially. I see. Although... Yeah. It... If you play the content in the game related to the first civilization, <laughs> there's a much better explanation. I'm not going to spoil it, but you should play it. That will happen. I will do that for you. I will beat this game. But people were mad because some people um, were saying like, "Oh, I'm ol- I've only been having like relationships with women or men. Like I was role playing as like a bi or a lesbian person. Mm-hmm. I'm saying bi or lesbian because most people." played as Cassandra, I imagine. Actually, Uh most people played as Alexios, but Cassandra's way better, so they should have played as Cassandra. But so people were mad, essentially. So Ubisoft is actually editing that. They're changing the cutscene, and uh, there's one more chapter of the DLC to be released there, so essentially, my bad, we're going to completely undo all that. Uh
1: So did they force you to, like, engage in a relationship with the one sex, or did they code it where you could... Like, if you
0: change... Like, do they... No, no, one sex. Because, like, if you're Cassandra, it forces you to have a relationship with a man to explain how you had a mm-hmm. baby and how your DNA is in the modern day.
1: I see. Okay. Well, <laughs> that was Assassin's Creed. Um, before we, I guess, sign off, is there anything else you would like
0: to say about this series? Um, The only other aspect of the franchise that we didn't talk about is the transmedia stuff. So, like, the books, the comics, and... Honestly, I haven't read them. I never will. But one of the things that is weird about this series is Juno was the main bad guy in the series for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then because the modern day story got so trippy, essentially they shunted the conclusion of that arc to the comics. So in, I think, the... I don't even know what comic it was, but there's some character who was introduced in one of the earlier games called Charlotte and she kills Juno using the artifact from Assassin's Creed Syndicate the Shroud after Juno gets the shroud and creates a body so she creates a body becomes alive and then she gets killed and that's the resolution of the Juno storyline and that all happens outside of the games so I think a lot of people appropriately reacted to that as Ubisoft saying we don't care about the modern day anymore if you care about the modern day if you're a fan of the storyline go read it somewhere else we're not putting it in the games anymore and yeah other than that Desmond has a son who is a sage and I don't even know where to go with that I don't know what that means and I don't think they're going to explain it in any of the games in the future, so I'll probably never know. As far as future games, um, I just want them to make a Japan-set game. I think that would be awesome.
1: I, I agree. I think that they really did a great job. and Honestly, I'd say reviving the series. Uh, just from my point of view, I felt like the reason I didn't play between Black Flag and Odyssey was just... Maybe paying a little bit too much attention to the reviews, but I mean, it sounded like they were justified. I'm glad they revamped it and really changed and put some more time into this one. I'm having a great time playing it. And I will eventually beat the game.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, they said this is going to be the only Assassin's Creed game for the next two years, so you have plenty of time. Red Dead might take me that long. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm never going to start Red Dead, am I? Oh, Red Dead. Yeah. Alright, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. I'm Neil, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris. The other one. I guess of a guest.
1: guest host.
0: No, we can't be this awkward. <laughs> well, we can. We, but uh, we shouldn't.
1: Well. No, we'll restart started again, wait, am I a guest host or a ho- you're, co-host? You're just like a
0: co-host. Kid?